0: Hey everyone, welcome to the front porch. It's Brian. Uh, this month, I talked to Rob Warwick out of our UK office. If you'd like to hear more from pointers or people in the rental industry, subscribe on podcast platform of your choice. Just uh, search for Pointer Rental, and you'll find us. When I talked to Rob, we talked about him him growing up. Uh, you know what he was looking forward to doing with his life. We played some games of uh, or Knob, which I'm not sure if I have to censor this out. Uh, I'll I'll let Andrew decide, and and we'll see. If you have a bunch of bleeps throughout this uh, podcast, I think we discovered that uh, we, we all agree that it's okay to lie to kids. I think that's the thing that you should probably take away most from this podcast. If you don't think that you should lie to kids, then email me at marketing at com or email me with your uh, favorite lies that you you tell to your kids. Anyway, I think I've wasted enough of your time. Uh, let's go ahead and talk to Rob. Welcome to the Front Porch with Brian Beaudry. I'd like to welcome today's guest, our UK Software Support Manager, Rob Warwick. Rob, welcome to the Front Porch. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Let's start with the basics. We have a few basic questions we like to start with every uh, time we do this. So who are you? Where are you from? And what fictional family would you most like to join?
1: Sure. So I'm Rob Warwick, obviously support manager over in the UK. Um, been with the company, just hit my three year anniversary. Um, I'm Reading born and bred and still here, sadly. So I'm from the area and still work in the area, which is quite rare. Um, fictional family. Well, I, I guess a fun, crazy family, that because that kind of like is is what I have in, in my family here. So something like, I don't know, uh, The Simpsons or, or Shits Creek, something like that. A little bit crazy, um, but fun.
0: All right, now I'm concerned that I don't I don't know if I have to edit that out when you say Shit's Creek or not, because it's like, we know it's all sp... <laughs>
1: I'll leave that to you, Brian, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, good. Well, thank you for making me have questions early on into this, uh, into this thing. Okay, so what did you want to be when you were a kid, say, age 8 to 10, whenever you first kind of had the, what do you want to be when you start, when you grow up, type of thoughts?
1: Yeah. Not particularly unique, but I guess anything to do with sports. I loved, um, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll use soccer so the U.S. understand as well. Um, yeah, so I, I guess to, to be a soccer uh, pro would have been um, the main aim. I love playing football, um, say, say football naturally, um, from a very young-
0: You can, you can say football. We, we, we understand. There's been the World Cup going on. Everyone kind of knows that.
1: Exactly. So, um, I mean, especially the money they earn now, that would have been very nice. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my main thing anything to do with sports um i kind of loved and when i was young that was pretty much it as i got older i got into other interests and other things as you tend to but yeah sports definitely dominated my my younger years
0: so how how close did you get to to the pro level uh, as far as playing football goes
1: <laughs> not not that close but not a million miles away i guess i mean i played local leagues um in the sort of reading leagues to so a reasonable level um you know, I played played in a tournament once where there were national anthems, and that that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, not 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 close enough. Um, I guess one thing I did do that was quite cool. I had to mark somebody once in a, in a game who was um, um, a promotional marketing actor for Pepsi because he was a really a really sort of decent player, and I had to mark him in a tournament and, and kept him quiet, which was quite good. So um, yeah, and a few other bits and pieces, but yeah, didn't quite make the grade.
0: That's right, at least at least you got some cool stories you got to be, you know, at least I like that description of a a of a tournament with some national anthems going on. That's, yeah. that seems like a big deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool.
0: So you mentioned that when you got older, you uh, branched out into some other interests. What, what were some of those other interests?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, more in recent years, but I've always been interested in sort of technology. Um, and obviously that's grown massively over the last sort of 10, 15 years. Um, but yeah, movies, uh, music, the kind of normal stuff, and, and sort of socializing and things like that. Um, but definitely gadgets and technology. Um, you know, I work, work, I'll probably come on to this a little bit later, but I worked for, for Microsoft um, before I joined here. And so that there's always been that technology theme to my interests and my career. Um, sports has always stayed um, as probably my main passion. Um, but yeah, other things around that, sort of technology wise.
0: Yeah, I was wondering, so you mentioned, obviously, Microsoft, was that your first job out of, I don't I don't exactly know how school works over there. Do you go straight from, uh, you know, the required school to university or whatever? Or yeah. is there some other?
1: Yeah, so with me, it was, um, I guess, and again, using the US terms, I think it was um, straight out of high school. So that'd be high school equivalent, um, what we call secondary school. So at 16, I did have a place at college uh, reserved for me to go to next. Um, but I went there on on the sort of open day and I saw all the same idiots that I spent years with at school, and I thought, you know what, I want to go in a different direction. Um, so a lot of my friends went to college and university, and I could have taken that path. Um, but at that time, maybe a bit foolish, I wanted to go out and start working and earning money. Um, so yes, yeah, so I started, I started working straight away at 16. Um, and and basically that was. My first four or five years were in insurance. So not, not, not most exciting first job, but a great um, you know, experience to learn about the business world. So that's kind of where I started.
0: So what kind of insurance are you selling? I know there's there's lots of insurance.
1: Yeah, at the time, I think if I remember, it's quite a long time ago now. I believe it was life insurance policy. So, um, but it was that far back. There were no um, data entry into computers. Basically, you had to fill out forms and paperwork and applications um, all day long and, and kind of like, yeah, analyze people's medical, um, sort of history and stuff like that. But it was, yeah, it was very much before the computer, um, age, which is kind of show my age a little bit.
0: Okay. So I, I imagine after a, a few years of that, you know, you get a bit tired of it and, and what are you doing at that point? Do you go back into college or do you just continue on the career path? Yeah. So would say no, no, no more insurance.
1: No more insurance, yeah, definitely no more insurance. Um, yeah, I, I did a number of different jobs, um, sort of moving around. I, I, I decided to, um, for a year, just do temp work and try multiple different jobs to get a feel for different industries, um, which was great because that gave me a scope of what I enjoyed and what I didn't enjoy. Um, and then as we progressed through my career, I kind of did a few sales roles, um, you know, advertising, um, as well as advertising data analysis and things like that. Um, so yeah some some things that were definitely cooler than insurance um but at that stage in my career i think i was still trying to find something i was particularly good at i was kind of you know average at most things um and we'll we'll maybe talk about later on but uh, management came much later um but yeah a a variety a variety of different jobs um post insurance
0: yeah i can imagine they don't just like management usually not an entry level type job so no, exactly no. <laughs> definitely not. So I'm kind of interested in the in the temp work. I know my mom did a lot of temp, temp jobs, and actually growing up, I was like, I kind of want to just be a temp and just try out like a, a million different things. What are what's like the coolest thing that you got to try out as a temp?
1: Yeah, it, I think it wasn't so much the the, the job as it was more the fact that you might be somewhere for two weeks, you might be somewhere for a month, and it kept that. Um, sort of spontaneously going that you didn't know what was going to be next. So you never felt, okay, I'm here now for a period of time. Um, and you got to meet a huge amount of different people. So, you know, as much as it's great working with the same colleagues, at that point, it was it was really interesting to meet different people, socialise with different people, um, see how different people worked, different managers as well, which probably helped me later on in my career. Um, and so the jobs themselves weren't particularly um, unique. Um, they ranged from... You know, phone work, support, data entry, um, bit of accounting on a basic level. It was more the experience of each different company and having that. Um, you know, what's going to come next that I, that I really enjoyed.
0: So you're basically trying out like all these companies and seeing like what kinds of of companies you enjoy being at and what type of like. I mean, that's kind of teaching you some of the the management stuff that you're talking about getting into later on. All
1: right. Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely helped.
0: So you mentioned that you had a lot of sales sales roles uh, prior to this. So why did why did you
1: move from sales to support? Um, I've always been a people person. I think in sales, you do need that, obviously, because, you know, people buy people. Um, and I did have some success because of that. I was good at building relationships. Um, I just found the, the kind of um, the pressure involved and the fact that you had to push people to try and get the sales, sometimes close the deal. Um, wasn't something particularly natural to me that all that i enjoyed um it, and also every time you and people will probably relate to this in point of rental every time you hit your target the target would just get bigger um you know and you, you get an element in that in support but not quite in the same way so i just sort of felt that it wasn't fully suited to me even though i did reasonably okay at it um one job i used to sell um it was just kind of like um backup software so um disaster recovery software applications and things like that it was you know it was reasonably reasonably okay um a good customer base but yeah it just wasn't quite right um for me i didn't feel fully comfortable in that in that role and so i decided to to kind of move away from that um and try and see where i could add more value and really feel i had a passion for for something
0: so how do you go about making that switch because it seems like I mean, if, if you're hitting your goals and you're successful in sales that like they might they would want people would want to keep you in sales. And if you're going to different companies and it's like you have all this background in sales, why are you doing support? So how did you go about uh, switching? Really?
1: Yeah, well, I've never been afraid to do this. What I did is I, I took a complete reset and again, took a backward step. So again, I decided just to take a temp job. So I left my sales role, um, took a temp job. And I thought, right, I'll just do this to earn a little bit of money. Um, nowhere near as much. Um, just to kind of think about what I wanted to do next. Um, and it was something as bizarre as and it was a it was a contact center that specialized in recruitment. Um, and it was something as simple as I needed someone to come in early in the morning to turn all the computers on for the for the staff to save a little bit of time later on. Really simple job. And and being someone that gets up early anyway and goes into the office early, I, I said, I'll do that.
0: And then I was gonna say that sounds like that sounds like a job where it's like, mm,
1: I think I can I think I'm qualified there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought I can do that. Um, and that just led to a simple thing of, okay, Rob's doing that now. And, you know, just one thing led to another and it kind of snowballed. And and the responsibility in that role um, carried on and carried on until eventually I was the the contact centre manager reporting into the director in the kind of the second highest position there. So, um, yeah, that, that happened really, really fast. So it's just more of a, a bit of luck, bit of opportunity and just having that approach of, yeah, I can do that. And then in seeing what happened, that was my first managerial role um, and that's where I learned most, you know, it's 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 a challenging thing, management. And that's where you, your first role is where you learn a hell of a lot. So um, that's kind of how it happened.
0: Awesome. I, I, I really like what you're talking about as far as, like, sometimes if you want to go in a different direction, you do have to take that step back. You have to say, like, I'm okay with not making as much as I am now. And I, I just need a change. I like that. Um. Definitely. So how did you end up? Finding Point of Rental, or how did Point of Rental find you? Sometimes it works the other way.
1: It does. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I, I mentioned Microsoft earlier. So I spent um, 11 amazing years at Microsoft um, where I was managing the um, Xbox Escalations team. So we, we used to deal with um, the sort of really high-level escalations com- complaints that were on TV and the media from celebrities or from, you know, people were write to Bill Gates, etc. So I, I, I managed that team. Um, and eventually they decided to move some of that to Romania. Um, and I didn't really want to go to Romania. I haven't left Reading yet. So I thought, you know, um, <laughs> you can see a pattern here. Um, so I decided, yeah, I thought I would leave, uh, Microsoft and try something new. Um, so I took a few months off first of all to have a bit of a break. And then I just started obviously looking for, for jobs that I could really use my management, um, skills and experience in. And yeah, point of rental came up. So it was me that applied and, um, yeah, a couple of interviews, and uh, lucky enough to be given the opportunity. And I have to say, um, you know, it has been a very challenging at times, but a very, very enjoyable three years. But which I've really, really enjoyed. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it happened.
0: Good. Well, before I before we get into that, now I just have a question. Like, wait, are Romanian people now responding on behalf of Bill Gates? Is is that what's
1: happening? <laughs> I couldn't officially say that, but quite possibly <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so huh, now I want to write. Bill Gates and stuff. Okay. Um, so what, what was the process like when you joined Pointer of Randall? Like, who are you talking to? How how'd the interview process go that type of stuff?
1: Yeah, so my interview was, if I can remember everybody in the room, I think it was obviously Mark Goodrum as director. Um, Kieran, our current development director, who was um, looking after support prior to me joining um, temporarily. And um, I think Will, who, who used to manage support, and also Rob Boyson, um who's based in the US, um, who's a bit of a syrinx genius. Um, and they're they just all firing questions at me. And actually really, lo- I like the interview process. I like being interviewed. Most of the time now I'm interviewing other people, but I enjoy the challenge of being thrown questions. So um, I guess I felt quite relaxed in there and that maybe that came across. Um, and yeah, it's got a, got a good feel about it. It's quite a short interview, actually. Um, which doesn't normally bode well, but in this case um, it, it did. And uh, yeah, Mark gave me the opportunity uh, that, I, that I took.
0: I think perhaps they were just like, you know what? I, I found someone who's probably good at, good at this. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Give it to him.
1: So. Yes, <laughs> you're spot on there.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're uh, comfortable being interviewed. It makes it a little uh, easier for this. I'm still not comfortable interviewing people, but at least at least one of us is comfortable.
1: You do it very well brian so thank you um so what's your favorite part
0: about your current role
1: um i think i'm just empowered to manage how i want so obviously i'm responsible for certain results and i'm responsible for customer satisfaction um and representing point of rental in the right ways but um you're also given freedom to be the manager you want to be and manage using my experience um and that as a manager is the, the one thing that you know means everything if you can be empowered to do that and not um influenced too much by other people all the time then you can succeed or fail on your own performance and any manager would want that because they should have confidence in their own uh, their own ability and so that's the bit i enjoy most is that i can try different things um can work with my team and we can sort of you know um have that freedom um and hopefully that comes across to to the team i manage as well
0: so Describe in a few words what's what's the manager that you want to be. You said you're you're allowed to be the manager you want to be. Is it just working with your team and?
1: Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm the sort of manager that likes to um, you know have a relaxed but hardworking environment, lots of fun and laughs, which I think is crucial. Um, you know that's really really important in any team. Um, and also, I really like working with and developing people. So, obviously, I have a business uh, head on as well. But the the main part of the role that I really enjoy is working with people, managing a team, putting a team together, um, and also working on improving processes all the time. So always trying to become more efficient. Um, you know, my team problem solve for customers. I love to problem solve for my team. So when they have challenges with tools or processes, trying to come up with better versions of that um, is what I really, really enjoy. And I'm given that freedom to, to kind of do that and and manage in that way.
0: So I know that like three years ago, you are coming in at a time where we were doing a lot of expansion and we had some some of those support issues. So what are some of the things that you've been able to to put in place or you've seen put in place over the last couple of years that you think have really helped our our support team help customers?
1: I kind of went back to basics, so I just looked at, you know, where where are the gaps, where are we failing and just put in place um some really straightforward processes just to make us more efficient. Everyone knew exactly what what their job was what they what was expected of them um, and also recruit the right people so I rebuilt the team um, I'm having to do that now so we had a few people leave but um, I rebuilt the team over the first couple of years so that we had really really good people the kind of people I like to employ have initiative and passion about the role um, and that automatically on its own improved the team um, and then just really much very really, very much support them um, I have two very good team leaders that do a lot of the, the very clever stuff for me and, and and things like that. And so having those people in place as a manager, um, it comes with experience. It's not about being the best at everything as a manager, it's purely about knowing what people you can get to do what delegation and, and supporting and controlling that side of it. Um and yeah, so so far, um hopefully it's it's made a big difference. I've been told it has. So but um yeah, that that was kind of the plan.
0: I was gonna say I generally hear more positive things recently. So it sounds like it is okay well before we get into your non-professional life i want to play a game with you called rob or Nob. uh if you agree with a statement or it's true say rob uh, if you disagree with it or if it's not true say nob, and then i'm going to need a reason i've i've you've told me earlier that uh apparently knob means something a little different in the uk than it does here in america but it's only mildly rude. So hopefully we can get away with it. Uh, yeah. I, hopefully I don't have to bleep this whole section too. <laughs> okay. Rob Nob, Talking to inanimate objects is normal.
1: Rob. Um it's not something I do a lot, but occasionally laptops and phones, um, when they go wrong and frustrate me, I will I will speak to them. Um sometimes in colourful language.
0: Uh, I was going to say, are you more of an angry talker to them or are you like a a pleading talker? Come on, please work. Just work this time.
1: More more pleading, yeah. I I tend not to get angry in in any element of my life. It's very rare. So when I do, people are are very shocked. Um, So it tends to be pleading with a tiny bit of undertone of anger at times.
0: Okay. You know, I want to follow up on the anger thing. Is that something that you've always been like uh, a non-angry person or is it something where like... At some point you're like mm, people perceive me as really angry and they get scared i should probably stop or bring this in
1: that has come into it yeah um but i've got quite a long fuse i tend to be reasonably laid back um and philosophical about life and um, you, you kind of have to as a manager sometimes as well because there are you know um ups and downs as you go through uh, in the year um but no i've always always kind of been that way just sort of always try and um be positive and not, not lose my temper or, or get aggressive. Um, there's very different, many different ways to be a manager, but that's kind of my, um, my approach. Um, and I find it kind of works. So yeah, more, more of a modern style manager than the old school ones that I used to have when I was starting out my career that were very different, very different.
0: Okay, good. Okay. Sometimes it's okay to lie, especially to kids, Rob Bernab.
1: Rob, um, I think if you're, if you're lying to protect somebody or you're doing it for the right reasons, then it's totally fine. If you do it, um, in a negative way or to conceal something, then of course that's not right. But I think, yeah, the right time, I think the world, if everyone spoke the truth every single second of every single day, the world would be chaos. So yeah, controlled lying, I think is acceptable.
0: (laughs) Okay. I like, I like that term. I was going to say, how do you feel about like, uh, some of the the silly lies like i don't want to spoil anything if there's any kids listening to to this but uh we did the tooth fairy thing with my daughter for a while and it was like the most adorable thing in the world like seeing her get super excited about the tooth fairy and it's like ah. and it's kind of sad when she figured it out it's like ah well yeah on the bright side now i don't have to give you any any money for these teeth
1: that's true it's cheaper isn't it but yeah yeah, yeah. With, 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 with kids it's very difficult and it's always you know it's always um a tricky one but yeah i think when you're doing it for the right reasons that's all so like in anything in life as long as you're doing it for the right reasons and anything is acceptable to a limit so
0: okay yeah well speaking of uh up, up to limits uh regarding sports you mentioned you played sports for a really long time uh how do you feel about the maxim if you ain't cheating you ain't trying uh basically do you agree with this rob if you disagree knob
1: was i would say i' would say rob i'm not saying rob to everything just avoid saying the other word but um yeah <laughs> i would say actually no sorry i would i would say i would say nob in that case no because um the way i always played sport was was very aggressive very very competitive um always wanted to win but very sporting affair as well so we, we used to have some very competitive football matches um but at the end always shake the hand of the opponent always you know, once the whistle had gone, then, you know, that was over. So, um, yeah, cheating is not something, you know, that I approve of at all. That said, um, we do have a pool <laughs> tournament. Um, yeah, pool tournament in the office tomorrow. Um, so if I do get drawn against Mark Goodrum, I may cheat in that one just to get the win. So, yeah. But
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes sometimes you got to get somewhere. You, you got to get that win. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, if you have a nickname that a, oh, you have a nickname that a friend's given you that you don't particularly like, but you don't say anything because you like the friend enough that it's okay coming from them.
1: Yeah, no, in that case I think because um I would definitely have a word with them. Um would, would definitely say whether they would listen or not is a different matter. Um yeah. but yeah, I would definitely say um and I'd probably come up with some some other uh nickname for them just as a sort of blackmail approach to stop them saying my properly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I think we have we have a couple people around here where it's like they don't like early on they're like, hmm, I don't really like this, but sometimes it's like uh eh. coming from this person just knowing how this person is, it's like, all right, you can you can use that nickname. No one else Yeah, that's but you can
1: it can grow it can grow on you. But also if you if you do show that you don't like a nickname, often people will use it more just to wind you up. So yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. Uh Rob Bernab, you sing in the
1: shower. Uh, Rob, um, n- not particularly often. More in the car, but but I do occasionally. Yeah, um, okay. and it's a good. Do you have a go-to song? S- say it again.
0: Do you have a go-to song?
1: Not particularly. No, no. It, it tends to be more of a hum. <laughs> Sorry, Brian, I, I've got a terrible voice, um, <laughs> but um, I've act- actually I've acted in two operas, um, but I didn't sing in either of them. So um, that's probably why they didn't want me to sing um but yeah i I do occasionally um sing in the shower normally i'm just thinking about all the work i haven't got done that day and the next and the next day's action so if i'm singing it's a good sign. it means i'm probably quite relaxed and had a good day
0: that's good but uh now this came out of nowhere uh you were in operas why and how
1: um many years ago i think i think it was probably in my early 20s or late teens i can't remember my my uncle um used to um direct um operas for local universities uh etc um and i was roped in a couple of times to to play a part and and act i think one i was a, i was a jailer and i had to take someone to jail and lock them up etc in between the songs but um yeah so that was that was that was quite a good experience but they didn't ask me to sing um which is a very wise move because my voice is is terrible um so yeah but that, that was one experience that was quite fun many years ago
0: yeah, that sounds like one of the the easier roles. It sounds kind of like the uh, come in and turn on the computers role. It's like, yeah, I can I can walk across and lock someone up.
1: Yeah, you you're seeing the pattern now. You're seeing the pattern now, Brian. <laughs> I like it. Why do you go to the ARA
0: show? Most people we talk to say it's fun, educational, and they're able to see cool things that they can use over the next year. Are you talking about Point of Rental's pre-ARA show reception? Actually, I was asking the audience what they liked about going to the ARA show. Oh, because Point of Rental's ARA show reception has plenty of fun, swag, and cool stuff. And if you already use Point of Rental, then the annual training after the show is an entire day of showing you cool things you can use in your software. I guess it would be easy to do both. And visit booth. 2063. At the ARA show in Orlando. You already mentioned this, but from what I've also been told about you by others is that you're you're keen on gadgets, watching sport, and general fitness things. Uh, All of the above. You, you mentioned that you're super into soccer and that you've led your own football teams in the past. Um, you you mentioned that it was five on five. How does five on five soccer work?
1: So normally, so normally five a side is just played on obviously a much smaller pitch. Um, I would hope so. Yes, exactly, otherwise it'd be very tiring. Normally it's astroturf pit, so it's not it, it can be grass but normally it's astroturf and obviously smaller goals and it's just much more of an intense version of the 11-a-side game. Um you're pretty much running non-stop um the whole time. See, I used to run a few a few teams, normally company teams um and my own teams in local leagues um around that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I love doing that. I mean, you know, just be, being able to to organize um the team and also play um as well was yeah that's that was kind of the thing that i enjoyed most
0: now are you the leader of these teams because of your managerial expertise or just like is that just what you naturally do is you bring groups together to do stuff
1: yeah probably back then it was probably more because of my my football ability um and obviously um a bit of management stuff as well but yeah i think normally again the theme here normally they probably need someone to arrange it to begin with and i always put my hand up and then yeah hopefully do a good job from that point onwards um but yeah well if you i think if you had a
0: team for several years that you're probably doing a pretty good job because it's it's tough to get a lot of people to actually come together like each week or whatever for anything really
1: yeah that's true we we were quite successful as well we we won quite a few sort of trophies locally which was great and um but more than anything it was just good fun you know with with mates playing stuff so
0: Okay, when you win these trophies, where where do these trophies go? I don't see it in your background, so you're clearly not just like bragging about it constantly. But where, where do these trophies go?
1: True. Um, well, they used they used to be at home um, on display. I'm more minimalistic now. Minimalistic um, guys sort of with my layout. So they they are okay. in the loft at the moment, or what would that be the attic? In the yes, um, yeah. I mean, they both make sense. Yes, they um they still exist in a box somewhere. I think once I put them all on display on a table. And took a photograph of them just so i've got that photograph because they'll probably never come out of that box now so uh yeah
0: yeah, now it's digitally stored you don't have to worry about the actual like physical media of
1: it's a modern way yeah i think one one day we'll have no objects at all it'll all be on our phones which is quite scary but yeah it's
0: kind of sad because it's there is something to holding that trophy and having it there
1: yes absolutely
0: it's it'll definitely ruin the trophy presentations (laughs) if you don't have an actual trophy (laughs) Here, here's what your trophy would look like with you having it. Okay, so when you're leading this adult team, it's something that you're, you're just doing extra. Why? Why do you hate your free
1: time so much? Um, yes, yeah, I, I guess. I guess for me, I kind of, I just loved organizing things that I was in, interested in, and then getting other people involved as well. So a lot of the, the sort of football teams I organised wouldn't have probably happened if I wouldn't have made the effort to to get those together. And then over the years, as we were successful, more and more friends and people I knew from football wanted to get involved, and um, just kind of growing things like that. I was really um, I really enjoyed, um, you know, some of the teams I had to move on from because they were company teams um, and pass them on to other people. So I, I'd always look for the next next team, hoping to maybe get some sort of point of rental um soccer team going at some point COVID kind of yeah stopped that when i first joined but we'll we'll, we'll see at some point
0: That was going to be my follow-up is like you, you get one over there i know we have a softball team over here in the us and it'd be fun to have some other sports so that'd be cool
1: i i did think i'm I'm probably rubbish at softball because i've never played it but if i was over there in the us i would definitely be getting involved in that and and, and trying to uh become more skilled because that sounds like great fun so
0: good yeah it, it's it's pretty fun you keep saying stuff in the past tense, but you're, you would still like it to continue. You just stopped kind of cause of COVID.
1: Football-wise, yeah. Um, I've had a few injuries recently. So up until, up until last year, I was playing for uh, another team, not one that I organized, but just a five-a-side team uh, locally. Yeah. But unfortunately I've had a few injuries um, that really set me back in my, in my fitness generally. So I've not been able to play probably for about six months or so now. Um, which is a shame and it's probably just wear and tear having played so much over the years. Um, so whether I go back to playing next year will depend on on the injuries sort of recovering and, and that. So it may be a time to th- take a step back from that a little bit now, um, but yeah. we'll see. Hope you know, I'll, I've retired many times over the years and I always come back.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of was there last year. I started trying to get back into pickup basketball and I had like a, a month where it's like I rolled my ankle so waited a couple of weeks, came back, tried to pick someone's pocket and got a shoulder or an elbow in the jaw and couldn't close my mouth for a day. And then came back from that and rolled the other ankle. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm just done with basketball.
1: Yeah, maybe there's a sign there. Yeah. Injuries are really frustrating because what, what I find is I can still run around with people because some of the people that play against me and with me are in their twenties, some are sort of younger than that. Um I can still compete on the day with them and you know. No problem at all but the next day you know they just carry on as normal I'm, I'm in agony or i have injuries so it's that side of it that comes with age not the actual match day it's the recovery and the injuries so yeah
0: did you ever play with the uh, older people when you were younger as well and you're like why why does it hurt you the next day <laughs> and now it's like
1: oh now i understand yeah absolutely because when, when you're younger you you don't warm up. You don't warm down. You just, you know, you go out and play. You don't even think about it, yeah. and you never get injured. It's it's a very different dynamic. Age, age is a cruel thing, but you know, you know, we have to deal with it. So,
0: <laughs> on the bright side, it does help you with your managing, and you're like, I need to prepare for certain things. I can't just jump into everything all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Maybe that's why they don't want people being managers like immediately when they're when they're younger. They don't understand that you have to manage everything.
1: That's very true. I think that's probably why.
0: <laughs> okay. Are there any things that easily cross over from the pitch to uh, managing people in a software support setting? Any uh,
1: leadership or? Yeah, I think I think building that team spirit and team culture. Um, you know, it's, it's not always easy. It's a, probably the biggest challenge of any manager. But you know, you can create a process that does A and B. That's the easy part. But bringing everyone together to you know have that team. Team sort of bond is is the you know is the challenging bit, and I've, I've done that with football, and I try and do that in my um, point of rental career as well. It's just building a team where people get on really well, they want to help each other, and as much as individuals shine, like on a you know on a soccer or football field, you had your star players, but it's that team ethic that gets you the win. And so, yeah, a lot of that is very similar. Just it's just man management. That's the bit I enjoy most, and um, you know whether I'm good or bad or that you'd have to ask other people, but it's a bit I enjoy um is 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 man management the individual dealing with someone who's maybe having a difficult time or struggling in a certain area um i get a lot of lot of joy from doing that side of it so man management in sport is is very similar to to business really what doesn't
0: translate at all from from managing a, a football side to software
1: I guess at the moment we're we're struggling a little bit at the moment. We're down a couple of people and we're recruiting. So at the moment we're trying to get everyone as much as possible to help out um, in the team. So we're, you know, everybody is is assisting not only in the support team, but when you when you run a, a sports team, you're normally having to pick people and put people on the bench, um, you know, and, and choose who's going to start the match. And so that's very difficult. Obviously, in, in support, the more people that take support calls, the better. Um, so you kind of, you're throwing everybody at it. Whereas in sport, you have to disappoint people. Um, it would be very interesting yeah. if, if I came into my, my job at point of rental and had to tell a couple of the teams, sorry, you've not made it today. Um, you've got to stay at home. They probably enjoy that though. That's the thing they probably would enjoy being, at- I
0: was like, it'd be kind of nice to have some reserves. I think, you know, just we'll, we'll bring you in when we need extras.
1: It would exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's a very different type of man management, having to disappoint people and, and yet keep them keep them motivated for next time, um, in the sports side of things. And again, there's a way of doing that. It's how you communicate it. Um, that that is key. All
0: right. Well, I, am told that you're also an expert in fitness. Uh, I lost like 40 pounds in 2019 and I've gained back mm, pretty much all of them since the pandemic started, uh, or around the time you started, I can't be sure it's not your fault, but, um, (laughs) with new year's coming up, what are three things that I should focus on to get myself back under 200 pounds or to turn some of that extra weight into muscle?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I would say just subtle changes. So people always in January say, "Right, I'm going to really get fit now," and they throw themselves into some crazy, and it lasts a few days, or they injure themselves. Um, it's about making it part of your your day to day life. So simple things like just go for for walks more. You know, if you if you want to listen to some music or a podcast, take take a walk. If you can walk somewhere rather than drive, do that. that that's good for the mind anyway. But a very simple thing, just walking around more. Um, that does really really help it just gets you moving and then as you advance your, your body's used to moving generally so walking is a massive one that that seems very simple but actually does make a difference um and also if, if you can find a sport and you know you talked about some sports that you like anyway but if you can find a sport that um you do with friends and you can socialize with and you really enjoy you don't have to be good at it that that helps um that's something you are going to keep going back to you know you're going to keep doing that because You go for as much as the social side than the sporting side. Um, So you're more likely to keep doing it. And also, something simple like, you know, some people love going to the gym, others don't. If you're not particularly a gym person, just keeping two dumbbells um, at home, somewhere where you see them every day. And so, you know, they're in your mind. And each day, each, well, two or three times a week, just pick those up and do a very simple um, routine. That also makes a massive difference. Just weights here and there, um, you know, can make a difference. Obviously, if you go for runs and all that stuff as well, that's great, but just some really simple things that become part of your day-to-day culture. Um, that's what I always advise friends that ask for advice, and it, it tends to work. So just start small um, and kind of go from there, but and don't put too much pressure on yourself.
0: Keep and, and probably And probably eat fewer of Wayne's M&Ms that are in his office, because you know, they're very tempting. They're in this nice clear bowl that's just like right by the window, and it's like, mm, you can walk by there and grab another handful that's cruel that's cruel yeah
1: they're, they're right there in front of you. you you can keep eating those if you do the extra things that's that's the thing if you if you do the, that extra work then you can keep enjoying those on a daily basis but a few a few less might help yeah
0: okay good <laughs> uh let's let's talk about some gadgets i i forgot to actually write questions about the gadgets what are you a gadget builder or a gadget uh just player around with
1: Play around with probably i mean um so the room, room I'm in now is my used to be the, the sort of the garage um, of the property, and it's been completely renovated. And what I did over COVID is, is I just kind of built a whole home office in there. So I was buying and selling um, gadgets all the time, trying to see what what fitted the um, the space. So I like I like buying the latest gadgets and playing around with them, um, using them in different ways. So often I'll um, you know buy a wireless charger and um, build it into a table and things like that, and hide ha- hack furniture. So things are hidden behind false drawers, all that kind of sad stuff, um, but I enjoy it. No, false drawers are amazing.
0: I, I love that idea.
1: Yeah, so I do things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of known as um, the cable guy. That's probably one of my nicknames with friends because I have so many cables. And so if anyone has a, needs a cable, rather than go to Amazon, they just call me and I tend to have uh, a, a one going spare. And I like everything wireless so or, or cables. So you can't see any cables um, in the room. They're all hidden completely. Um, so some of the desks at work can give me uh, nightmares when I see them. But, um, Mm. yeah, it's more that kind of, I'm not, I love technology. Um, you know, I have all the latest Xbox and things like that because I worked for them for, for 10 years, but, um, I'm not a massive gamer, but I love the technology. So, you know, I play a few Xbox games here and there. Um, I know there's loads of gamers in the company, um, but it's more the sort of, yeah, trying around different technology, um, kind of things like that. So any kind of gadget I, I love um, playing around with and testing it out. And yeah, that's kind of what I like to do. That's fun.
0: Um, so you have all these cables because you've replaced everything with wireless. So you just, are you that guy who just like, it would still be useful if I need it. I can't just get rid of it. Like someone's going to need it at some point.
1: That's exactly it. I've tried to get rid of them so many times because I just think I don't need them. Um, yeah. but then I just can't quite throw them away. So the amount of cables I buy on Amazon and then two weeks later, I upgrade my my gadgets and don't need them anymore. That's what I end up spending a fortune at Amazon and wasting money. Um, so yeah, and I, I buy technology and then six months later, something else comes out and I think, Oh, I'll sell that and, and replace it. So um, yeah, the amount of money I waste on that probably not worth adding up.
0: All right. Well, I've got an idea for you. For other people, you make these cables, they're trophies. Ah, I like they, that. Yeah, there we go. Okay. What's something that you like to talk about but I don't know about because I've never met you and because everyone I asked doesn't really seem to know you all that well. They only mention those three things, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I do tend to be um, not really reserved, but I don't like talking about myself, which I'm doing a lot right now, but that's that's a dynamic. Um, yep, that's that's
0: how the show works. You have to.
1: It is, it is, yeah. yeah generally, if I ask someone how their weekend is, I'm quite interested to listen and, and you know, I, I ask with um, genuine interest. But... If they ask me back, I tend to say, "Yeah, it's good." Yeah, you know, even I've done, even I've done something amazing. That's just kind of the way I am. But, um, yeah, my so my partner, she's German, um, but she um has lived lived in the states. So she lived in Austin for a couple of years. Um, so we've we've been to Texas quite a few times to visit friends over there. Um, and she lived on a, a U.S. Uh, military base as well in Germany. So she sounds more like you than than, than me, Brian, in the way she speaks. Um, she so okay. sounds American. Um. And we, 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 travel a lot. So I think in the last eight years, we've probably been to 30 plus countries on our travels. Um, so that's a sort of a, a main passion we have, um, as a couple, we like to travel around Europe and the world and explore different places. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what takes up a lot of the time when I'm not focused on work. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really an open book, um, in yeah. regards to people at work until they know me really well. So, um, but we have our, we have our, um, winter party tomorrow night. So after a few drinks, I tend to be a bit more open, um, with what I talk about. So we'll see.
0: All right. Me too. All right. We're, we're simpatico on that. Where Where's a place that you've gone recently that you think that, wh- where would you recommend
1: someone go? Um, Iceland's quite unique. Um, because obviously it's, um, it has, um, the Northern lights, which are great to see. And we, we managed to see those on the very first night we were there, which was really lucky because sometimes you can be there for two weeks and they, and they don't come out. Um, but that was an amazing experience. Um and it's it's very dark in the in the morning um to quite late. So often you've been having a, a late breakfast and it's still very dark outside, which is which is quite um different to the UK. But it's got a lot of yeah, a lot of character um about it and it's quite different to other places um we've been. So Iceland is one that I would recommend for something that's a little bit different. Um, yeah, so, but I'm, I'm terrible with remembering all the, um, my partner, she can remember every hotel name, every village town name we've been to. I, I forget that stuff really quickly. So when people ask me, I, I'm, I'm often, uh, well, uh, you know, so.
0: <laughs> you should probably just go to all of them and then you can choose whichever you like the most.
1: Yes. That's probably a good approach.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Do you have any questions for me? I added this question. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I wanted to ask you. Yeah, because so from from the UK perspective, you're a bit of an online celebrity. We only see we we see oh, Brian the marketing. Yeah, so doing the, the the crazy videos and things like that. So do you get stopped in supermarkets? Do people approach you in the office? What what's your run sort of uh, life like over there?
0: Sometimes in the office, yes. Uh, externally, of course not. But. It is strange because I'm again similarly to you I don't necessarily like talking about myself so I kind of understand maybe some of the actual celebrities that seem like jerks in public but it's like I'm actually like wildly uncomfortable (laughs) uh, having normal conversations with people. I just got into doing a lot of the videos because I'm one of the very few people that are still in the office every day and I when I write it it's like okay well I know I can say it (laughs) I don't know if it necessarily, I have to, like, actually work extra to write stuff in other people's voices and and that type of stuff. So it's like,
1: yeah,
0: it's more of convenience.
1: Yeah, did you do videos, um, similar to what you do now before point of rental? Or was it just since you've been at Point of rental?
0: No, um, I mean, I've, I've done a few videos, I used to work for an arena football team. So I would interview people, but I would always clip myself completely out of everything. So it was just really their answers. And like, this whole project is really just Well, most of the podcasts are really just I I want to meet people throughout the the company and I can converse with people if I force myself through work. So it's it's a fun way for me to get to meet um, people like you and and everyone else throughout the company. And hopefully uh, people listening to this also get to meet uh, people throughout the company.
1: Yeah, I I think it's great because the the um, interviews you do with new starters and also the five year one. I've never worked at a company before that have, that have done that. And I think that's a brilliant way, especially when you're a global company, you don't get to see these people. And even if you're not, you know, global being remote, you don't get to meet a lot of these people. So I think that is um, something that's great to watch. I, I watch all those just to see, you know, the kind of characters that are joining and, and get to know people um, in that way. So I think that's quite unique in my experience. And I think it's brilliant. It's good.
0: Yeah, that's, that's one of the things where it's like, I, there's so many new people. And I'm like, who is this? Who is this? Who? And it's like, all right, let's... Let's start introducing these people because no one knows anyone anymore, especially because, you know, it's the head of the pandemic. So really, everyone's working. Everyone's remote.
1: Yeah. Yes. Very different world now. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's get to the five important questions.
1: Five
0: important questions. Five important, five questions. important questions. questions. Five important questions. Question number one. What would you say is your greatest success
1: in life? Um, I would probably say it's being where I am today because I think when I, when I started out on my career that I mentioned at the start, I I was incredibly, you know, shy, not particularly confident, um, would never have guessed if someone said, you know, you'll be a manager in the future, that, that would have seemed crazy to me. So I think to have, I, I took that different route to my friends. I didn't go down the, the university route, et cetera. Um, and so that meant I was on a very different path, um, to my peer group um but looking where i am now compared to my friends who have also done well but um you know i'm in a good place and so i think that that achievement over over many years and, and finding the the path to management and leading people now um i'm really proud of that
0: good i like that answer now let's go from success to what is your greatest fear
1: um it's a bit of a silly one but it's it's cooking so um I, I'm quite a modern man in the sense I, I clean, I wash, I do laundry, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, around the house. But yeah, I, I, I really can't cook. Um, I'm terrible at it, and you know, if someone said you got to cook a meal for for one person, it would it would give me panic. Let alone you know a group of people at Thanksgiving, let's say, or, or something. So um, yeah, I've tried. To, I've tried to master it over the years, and no, I think I've, I think I've cooked twice in eight years. My partner and but both times she kindly said it was okay, but yeah, I know it wasn't particularly great. So, um, yeah, cook, I don't know. Are you a good cook, Brian? Uh,
0: I can cook. Okay. But it's one of those things where I would never create like an elaborate meal. It's like, it's gotta be a one pan meal type type thing. It's like, look, I'm not doing all these dishes. I'm not trying to time everything out to finish while everything's hot at the same time. No where You gotta do one thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah. So that's one thing I'm, I'm really, you know, I I do things like I'll bring, I'll bring up breakfast in bed and all those kind of things, cereal, toast. That's about my limit though. That's, you know, so I'm I'm embarrassed to say cooking. I'm, I'm terrible at. So that, that's kind of a fear. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) I like that as a fear Uh, is so is your every four years, is it on the Olympic schedule? Is it on the world cup schedule or like what year? (laughs) When's the next
1: one? Yeah, I think that's when I'm embarrassed enough to think, you know, I better better have another go. So um, it's probably coming it's, up. It's, yeah, it's been a few years now, so I should try again at some point. Mm. 2023,
0: next next meal from from Rob. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, if you could tell first day in the higher software industry, Rob, one piece of advice that would lead to an e- even smoother transition into your job, uh, what would you say?
1: Um. I think I had success with this, but also I would do it differently I threw myself into the job from from the first the first week and I literally started changing things, improving things um, straight away obviously listening to people's opinions but um, and that was great because I had you know an early impact and really enjoyed it. but looking back now I wish I would have been a bit more um, sort of or collaborated more with other people and and spoke to other people in the business more got a feel for point of rental and the industry a bit more before i kind of um started looking at support not that it would have maybe changed my approach but it would have been good for me to have that understanding i've kind of got that more now um although i'm not an industry expert and by any any means i'm not a product expert but i, no, I know more, more of the basics but i would have done that much earlier um you know i kind of just threw myself in um to the support manager role and and, and didn't really you know think think twice about that rather than think back and think, okay, maybe I'll go and speak to marketing um, today and and sort of, you know, learn more. So what I do because of that with anyone that I employ, I set up meetings with um, all the other department leads to give a little overview of their their area and and how it kind of fits into the bigger picture, um, which I think sets people up nicely. So I just didn't didn't do that for myself.
0: Well, that's cool. I like that you've uh, taken the thing that you would tell yourself and telling others.
1: Yeah. what is your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? I'm um, not had too many, but one really embarrassing thing isn't. This was just before COVID was officially announced, so it, it may be that it's possible that I had COVID. But um, on my first day on the, on the job, um, I was taken out for a, for a meal, you know, um, in town, kind of a welcome meal with um, Kieran Brady, etc. And um, I felt absolutely terrible. I was really, really ill. And if it had been any normal day, I would have not got into the office, but I had to kind of fake that I felt. I felt okay. Um, and then, so day two and three, I had to phone in sick. I was just really, really ill. Um, but the impression that must've made on my new team, um, seeing me for one day and then being sick. And I haven't been sick since then, Touchwood. But but um, yeah, that was quite embarrassing because obviously as a manager, you wanna lead by example and make a good first impression. They must've been, you know, he's off sick already. Um, so yeah, that was that was quite embarrassing. I couldn't be helped, but yeah. Um, Yeah, I I was I was pleased when I could come into the office and put that behind me.
0: (laughs) Okay, so are you more embarrassed about uh, you know getting off to that wrong first impression, or potentially uh, getting the entire company sick?
1: Probably both. Yeah, maybe 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 I was started COVID, but yeah, this this was in December twenty nineteen, so just before because um, COVID was yeah, COVID was a thing before they knew it. So a lot of the symptoms did. Yeah, it did seem to match up. I was really bad. But uh, yeah, the, the timing was the timing was awful. You know, on, on your first day, it's quite a nerve-wracking, exciting thing when you join a company, isn't it? Um and I just yeah. wanted to get home. Um yeah, at least I got through the first day.
0: <laughs> at least you did that. Uh okay, well, this, this one might you actually might be sentenced to something, but uh sorry, you've been sentenced to death as now um calling in sick for the second for two of your first three days is now a capital offense uh, worldwide. It's a weird international law. Uh, what is what is your last meal and why?
1: Um, well, in the past, I would have said a, a really nice steak, but um, I've been vegetarian for two years now. Um, I, I tried it, my, my partner, she's vegetarian. So I, I said um, I would try it as a new year's resolution. Where are we now? I guess um, start of 21. Um, and I'm still going, two years on, I still haven't had any, any meat. So I'm not sure whether I'm gonna become vegetarian for life, but I, I probably will because you know I, I don't want to ruin the uh, uh streak. But um so normally it'd be steak, but now I would probably say um a good old English roast dinner, which is um potatoes, vegetables, etc. Um, and some sort of uh, meat replacement um would be nice. Um yeah that's kind of changed in, in recent years.
0: Okay. Well it is your last meal you're gonna die right afterwards. So uh, you can really go with anything but <laughs> we're okay with that. Uh is is there any beverage that you're going to have with this meal?
1: I'd probably have um just a simple beer if I was going alcoholic or just a cappuccino or something if I was if I was not and I I <laughs> I would probably have a a massive apple crumble which is similar to apple pie. Um yeah. I don't know if you, do you have apple crumble in the US.
0: I I know of apple crumble. I've I've had a good uh many many desserts with apple uh, involved in them. all all good i think
1: yeah so crumble is my favorite so i would have um apple crumble with very hot custard on top and then a dollop of ice cream just melting into the custard um yeah that'd be a nice way to go all right i think that's a good answer i like that
0: one um if you could change one thing about yourself what would it be
1: um it would be this really annoys me about myself and and others get annoyed with it as well but um you know i love movies and things like that but I'm at I'm at um a time now where I find it very hard to stay awake. So if I'm watching a if I'm watching a long movie, um I'll always doze off, which annoys me and there's others around me. Um if I'm not actually sat creating something, you know, working or doing sport, I find it very hard to sit and just watch something without getting tired. Um so I tend to doze off. I have that ability where I can sleep anywhere on you know on a plane, on a train, in a noisy off. Op- I can sleep anywhere at all, and that that's an advantage at times but yeah when it comes to watching movies i wish i could stay completely awake and alert um the whole way through so that's that's a bit of an embarrassing one but yeah
0: that's a very specific answer i like it okay what is your spirit spice
1: uh well see the previous answer about cooking i have no no idea yeah I i was gonna say
0: i don't know if this one's gonna work for you but
1: no, I mean, I guess cinnamon would be just because one of the ones I only really sort of know about, and uh, especially this time of year. So I'll go with cinnamon without any reason at all because of my poor cooking skills and awareness. Okay. Brian.
0: That, that's okay. Uh, everyone, mo- most people don't have a great answer for that. It's a very strange question that we stole from uh, one of our previous guests, asked it, and we just threw it in there. Uh, tell me a secret about point of rental.
1: Um, I don't really have any secrets. I think, I mean, one, one thing I was going to say is that, um, and I've mentioned it a few times, it's very unique and I mean that in a good way, but it definitely has something about it that's unique compared to other companies, um, and very, very positive, um, way, but yeah, it's unique. And there must be secrets that make it unique secrets that I don't know, but I've worked at, you know, many companies, you know, in the Reading area that have all had global elements. but of Rental has something about it that's a little bit different. Um, so I, I guess that's not a direct answer, but that's as good as I've got, Brian, on that one.
0: <laughs> What's something, whether relating to our software or not, that you could teach like a three to five minute class about?
1: Um, not particularly exciting, but I do really enjoy doing um, using Excel for reporting purposes. I, I do quite a lot of reports um, that are Excel-based here and in previous companies. Um, and that's something yeah, I really, really enjoy, just how to present data in a way that Makes it interesting and and relevant, um, and so that's that's something I'd quite like to sort of yeah people that were interested probably not many but, um I was going to say, pe-
0: people might be interested in, in it for like pulling pulling reports from our software and and finding stuff that's uh relevant yeah. to them or doing things that they want to do
1: more. Yeah, this is more specific to internal internal stuff. When it comes to the to the products, yeah, I'm not I'm not at that level at all.
0: Um, oh well, you're really limiting our audience here. <laughs> all right well uh thank you rob for chatting today uh everyone else send rob some love this week send him an email maybe a gif of your favorite mm, soccer player or oh send him a send him a gif of your no, send him your favorite recipe or whatever he's going to make in 2023 and uh, just be epic and let him know that you care uh, thanks for listening we'll keep the porch light
1: burning for you